Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome to part four of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Thanks very much. And enjoy part four of the podcast. Such a good, good, well done fight between two awesome characters. These, the, the pull in, the close up on her face, and especially on, you know, the old Hong Kong movies and especially the Bruce Lee movies would zoom yes. right in on the eyes. Yes. But they don't do that with Ellie. They zoom in on her one fucking left eye. Mm. <laughs> it's not even on both eyes. It's awesome. And then and the build-up, like you said, the, the build-up, the build-up, and then the charge with the swords down the little trailer hallway. Goddamn, dude, it's awesome. When the two of them are face-to-face, and they just keep getting closer and closer to the eyes, which you yep. think, okay, they're getting closer. You don't think for a second that she's going to pull. I didn't anyway. Nope. Pluck out Ellie's eye. And she what? fucking does. And Plucks out her right eye. Or plucks out her left eye, I guess, the one that she has left. Yeah. And Ellie loses her shit. She and fucking kills this role. She wasn't even supposed to do that. Apparently this was supposed to be much more low-key. And yeah. Daryl Hannah spazzed out in the bathroom and started running into the walls and shit and freaking out and yelling and screaming because she thought it would make Tarantino laugh. And it did. And Tarantino kept that take in the movie. It's fucking awesome. But... It's perfect. She takes the eye throws it on the carpet and then steps that was gross on it. man with well, a bare a, foot gross it was gross tarantino's weird uh when it yeah. comes to feet uh, the eyeball yeah. squishes between her toes but later in the film there's a discussion of a goldfish on the carpet which yes, we can there is. discuss when that actually happens but as she walks out the trailer there's blood spattered everywhere and the oh, wind yeah. just blows the door shut i thought it was a fucking Perfect way to end that scene. I thought it was fantastic. And the question of does Ellie Driver live or die? Yes. Is always left up in the air now. Of Did she make it out of there? Because she's blind in there now with a black mamba. Mm-hmm. Like, does she get out? Does she not? That's been an entire discussion about the possibility of a Kill Bill Part 3. Well, there could be. There's been... A lot of stories of blind warriors and blind samurai and whatnot. Well, and that's it would thing. be really interesting. Yeah. Tarantino said he wanted to wait at least 10 years after this one 
mm. to do a to do a Kill Bill Part Three because even though Beatrix would be in it, she mm. wouldn't be the star. So he says, right, and it would focus on the daughter Nikki, of, Nikki uh, uh, Green. Green. Yeah, right. I've heard them Coming talk about that. I don't think it's going to gonna happen, but it. Well, would they be, said they wanted uh, to use uh, Uma Thurman's real daughter to be her, to be BB in the next right. movie. And right. have Nikki kidnap Nikki. BB to get back at Ellie. Or, to I'm get sorry, back at Beatrix. To get back at Beatrix. You're getting all Nikki the names actually, fucked up. <laughs> I'm getting all the names fucked up. Yeah, so <laughs> Nikki would kidnap BB to get back at Beatrix and have a fight to avenge her mom. But Nikki was actually working for Ellie, who is now That'd a blind great. swordswoman. That'd which would be, be a, great. Great, a great film. But now, now Holy fuck. we get the final chapter and we get... Beatrix here rolling into the the Mexican whorehouse and meeting the other character that Michael Parks plays, other than uh, of course Earl McGraw. We now have Esteban Vigeo, um, prostitute, the 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 uh, whore master here, who was Bill's mentor. And he's the whore master he general. He's I, the whore I have to say, general. first of all, he absolutely slays this role, and. You have to, you have to acknowledge Uma Thurman's performance here too. She's outstanding. outstanding. She is outstanding because she wants information from him. So she has to play it cool. And there are moments in this film where she wants to fucking kill this guy. And yep. she is so distraught as to what's happening around her. But she holds it in. And... Yep. I think that this scene is just masterful between Michael Parks and Uma Thurman. I think it's great. And Parks is so fucking amazing that I actually didn't know it was Michael Parks until after I saw this movie in the theater for the first time. It's so weird. Like, he just falls into this character. He's so good. I mean, I love Earl McGraw. Um, yeah. But I, I could not... like. I didn't know. I think I was talking to you on the phone or something. And I was like, yeah. And I think you told me, you're like, yeah, Michael Parks, he plays Esteban, you know, the guy from the whorehouse. I was like, no, no, that was a Spanish gentleman. (laughs) Yeah. Michael Parks wasn't in part two. What, in a flashback? (laughs) You're like, no, no, he played Esteban. I was like, no, he's Esteban Vejayo. You know, he wasn't supposed to play Esteban initially. Really? Yeah. He, so what happened was uh, Esteban Vejayo was written for another actor who got cast and that actor couldn't make it to the first table read because of a prior commitment or whatever so at the table read quentin said hey michael do you want to take esteban for the read through and said yes and crushed it so hard that quentin was like you're esteban now called the other guy paid him off and sent him on his way and put parks in really and guess who the other guy was that got paid off who was supposed to be esteban vihayo i don't even know Ricardo Montalban. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> that was supposed to be Mr. Fucking Rourke from Fantasy oh, Island. I ca- uh, I kinda wanna <laughs> see it. I kinda I wanna see it too. Oh my god. Um okay. That's no disrespect to uh the wonderful Michael Parks. But fuck Ricardo Montalban. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Ricardo Montalban in this? Talking about the whores and the whore house and Bill and uh, he would have oh he would have been fucking majestic. 
He in that not would, again not to take away from Parks because Parks no. crushed the shit out of it. But I do want to see the version Fuck. with Ricardo Montalban. Fuck! I wrote a I wrote a fucking uh, short uh, script a few years back about a guy who has the ability to travel through into different dimensions. And yep. his friends get pissed at him because they're like, what have you been doing? We haven't talked to you in ages. He's like, dude, I, I got this device. I can travel to different dimensions. And they're like, what have you been doing? He's like, I go through. They have video stores over there with movies that we don't have here. And they're like, you can travel to multiple dimensions and all you do is watch movies? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> and they're like, maybe I'm a piece of shit. Or maybe we sit down and watch Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. Would you like to see that version? <laughs> and the guys are like... <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, just reminded me that, of yeah. yeah. That just reminded me of this. Do you want to see Ricardo Montalban as Esteban Vallejo? Uh, yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of do. Yeah. Um, but this scene is amazing. Like when he talks about how pretty she is, and he's complimenting her, and he's very suave. But he's saying, you know, like if I had met you when I was younger, you would have been my number one whore. <laughs> and, yeah. and and she's getting fucking steamed. And he's like, oh, uh, Bill shot you in the head, and he knows all about her, and he knows about the pussy wagon. So Bill told yep. Esteban that she is coming. He told her everything, and he says to her. What Bill did to you was not good. If yes. that had been me, I would have, oh, just cut your face. Yeah. And then he, he does that little and calls the other girl over and her face is Fuck. fucking slashed down the mouth, dude. Fuck, man. Like, and, she's, and she's dabbing the drool because her lips are severed and can't yeah. hold it in. That is the scene where Uma Thurman gets caught up because... She's sitting there and she's fucking steaming, but she needs to know where Bill is. Yeah, and he's he goes, "What were we saying?" And there's like a six or seven second pause before Uma yeah. reacts to it because I think she's disgusted by this guy and wants to yeah. kill him. Like that's the vibe I got. I don't like. Th- there's none of that is necessarily on the page, um, but no. like there's no dialogue about that. But I I was I was really taken with. Her performance because she's like oh such a kind and wonderful gentleman like yourself and i'm like she yeah. does not feel that way no no she you can tell i think i i got the same vibe of like i want to kill this dude so bad i can taste it for what he's doing and what he has done but i have yes. to for now let this dude slide because i need yes. information i have exactly. a more pressing thing that i have to do right now so this dude gets a pass for now Yes. And then and then she leaves, figures out where Bill is, and goes to his little hacienda here and uh, walks in. There's a good little shot there where she's walking past some of the, the clerks at the desk in the back that are out of focus. And one of those guys yeah. is uh, producer Lawrence Bender. He's in the background. Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't notice that. He's one of the three guys in the back. If you pause it, you can tell, but it's too quick. But, man, speaking of good acting... Uma comes in here to this place. She's kind of scoping around with her sword out. And anyway, she she busts open and she sees Bill, but she sees her daughter. And the kid just stands up and, hey, bang, bang, mommy, with a little toy gun. She fucking and, kills it. Dude, her reaction of seeing her kid alive. Yes. Oh, my God. It tears your fucking heart out, man. Like, it's so good. It's Where the she realizes opposite. her kid didn't die. The opposite of the scene where she wakes up from the coma, 
she touches yes. her head and then she reaches yes. down to her belly and the yep. baby's gone and she just starts wailing. Yeah. Um she's such a good actor. Like she she really is. She fucking kills this role and yeah. when she sees her daughter it's amazing. Like she does the thing where it's it's not big and theater like but her eyes flutter and her lip quivers just yeah. just enough so you can see it but not yeah. like sketch comedy <laughs> you know you know what yes, i mean no for sure like it's, yeah it's great. Yeah. and you, Car- you really like, get the sense Carradine fucking slays this part Carradine Carradine's great He's yeah. so fucking seasoned. He's like he's like the he's seasoned with the eleven herbs and spices that the colonel's been using <laughs> for sixty years. Because this guy's been on set for like like this guy has been working consistently from the nineteen sixties until this film. Um, he is so comfortable in yep. in this, and he really slays it. And like we said earlier. Was I wasn't a huge fan of him as a person or as an actor, but these two films really turned me around on this guy, specifically the second one because this is he's in this one way more. Yeah, I think it was just his voice in the first one. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, two hundred and thirty-eight credits as an actor. I mean, this guy's been around forever and ever and done a million things. So, and I think Quentin really knew how to use him properly in this. Yeah, and uh, your eleven herbs and spices made me think. You know, it made me laugh to death. Do you know KFC on Twitter? Yeah, KFC slays the. Yeah, they slay the social media. They're funny as hell. But they follow on Twitter eleven random men named Herb. Yes, and the Spice Girls. Yeah, eleven herbs and spice. That's fucking hysterical, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, off topic, but um, yeah, this this whole scene here with uh, Beatrix seeing her daughter. Realizing she's alive and realizing that Bill has taken care of her daughter yeah, for the intervening time frame now and has become daddy and makes sandwiches and plays around and bought her a goldfish and like gave her a life makes, uh, she knows she has to kill him yes. because of who he is and what he does. But there's an underlying, like, I kind of don't want to, but I have to feeling that's really well played by her specifically, but also the recognition by Bill. It's it's really great. It's very very well done. I thought. I don't know what it is or what it means, but okay. There's there's a couple of things going on. A, Bill is making a sandwich and slicing the crusts off, and his movements are so. It's 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 like a Japanese tea ceremony the way that he's moving. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. like all of his movements are yeah, very deliberate with no extra uh movements to them. Just maybe some flourishes as he as he slices it. And he's speaking the entire time and he's very much at ease. Um but they're talking about Emilio the goldfish and how she learned about life and death just the other day, which just the other day Beatrix dropped Ellie's eye on the carpet and stepped on it. And she's like, yeah, she dropped Emilio on the floor and stepped on it. There's a parallel there. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm not smart enough to get it, but there's definitely something there. There's something there. I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, but I, I totally (laughs) agree. There's, I don't know shit about shit. What's that line from Ozark? 
I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know shit about fuck. Yeah, that's 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 us, Ruth, the two Ruths. We're, we're uh, just out here having fun, man. The two, that's yeah, our, we're just that's having our new a good podcast, dad. the two yeah. Ruths. <laughs> two Ruths. Two, two Ruths. <laughs> I don't know shit about fuck. Um, do you think that BB it. stands for Bill and Beatrix? Bill and Beatrix. Or do you think BB stands for Beatrix's baby? I was thinking about that today. <laughs> in my to continue on, I don't know shit about fuck. Oh, I was just like, I was like, BB, hmm, Beatrix and Bill, or Beatrix's baby. Beatrix's baby. I would say Bill and Beatrix, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> was yes, just... yes. Beatrix's baby. And that is a big ass chef knife that Bill is making that tiny little sandwich with. Yeah, just as a just as a point of note, but. uh yeah, this scene goes on for a while. I like it. I like the the dialogue back and forth here. And I also like later on when BB goes to bed here and, you know, he says, hey, do you want some time, mommy? Do you want to watch some TV? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like the the need to hang out with your kid after seeing that and, and mm-hmm. everything she's been through to just curl yeah. up and watch a, some movies with your kid in bed before bed. Like, oh, I can't even imagine. But after that, when she goes out and it's just her and Bill, there's a couple of references there, and I don't. I, I assume they're intentional because of the way the RZA did the music uh, for some of this. Is there's a couple of lines that he uses about she's a, uh, uh, what is it, what does he call her? Like a killer bee, a something. Mm. I forget what he called. It's like a something killer bee. And something else that's like a natural born killer or something like that. Yeah, it's there's a, a couple of are, lines in there. Yeah, I actually titles of the Wu Tang Clan songs, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. They roped that in too. Yeah. So after they spend the time watching the movies, uh, Beatrix comes down and they're she's sitting on the couch. Bill is sitting there. She dives for his sword and he pulls oh, out yeah. a gun and it's just like blam and then he shoots the fruit on the table blam he gets he blows orange guts all over yeah, her cleavage orange guts all over her cleavage like you know Tarantino's got some sort of orange juice cleavage fetish or some fucked up shit oh, and she's got something Jesus Christ but yeah Carradine has this thing where he's like okay I really want to ask some questions about you and uh, they're very important, but I don't trust that you would tell the truth. And especially, I don't think you would tell the truth about me, to me, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of goes off on this whole thing. So he goes, I have a solution, and pulls out a dart gun <laughs> and shoots a dart in her fucking leg. And Dude. his face, he loves the fact that he did that. <laughs> he pulls it out and he goes, gotcha! Yes. But, uh, I love the fact that she kind of goes like, she does that like, oh, like that really hurts. And yes. then she goes, what the fuck did you just shoot me with? Yes. <laughs> I know. And I don't know why, but on this rewatch, it made me think of Will Ferrell and Sean William Scott when Will yes. Ferrell yes. shoots himself in the neck. And he's like, that you got awesome. a fucking dart in your neck, man. You got a fucking dart in your neck. Um. But yeah, Bill <laughs> Bill gives him this uh, gives her this speech that he's got this new chemical that he invented that's five times more powerful than sodium pentothal without the groggy effects of it. So she will have to tell him the truth. And then he goes on this whole thing about 
superheroes and Superman and what is a secret identity. Basically, it's it's a well-written speech. I kind of disagree with what he says, but he gets into who are you? You're a killer. You're Beatrix Kiddo. You're an assassin. You're Black Mamba from the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad. You would not have been Arlene Plimpkin or whatever the right. name is. And Her secret identity or whatever. Yeah, you that that that's just a facade. Like and then he asked question 1, did you really think that your life with Tommy would work out? And she says no, which is yeah. actually I kind of like this part. Like the Superman speech in the Batman was 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 well written, uh but it really comes down to him asking about her. Do you think that that would have worked out? And she says no. And honestly, it's none of Bill's fucking business. Like, if no, she not was, at all. She, Fuck him. Like, but he's sitting there with a fucking gun to her head and a dart gun in her fucking leg, basically grilling her with uh, these questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I, I do enjoy the speech that he wrote, and I like the fact that he points out that Superman's quote-unquote secret identity is his is, disguise. Is yes. his disguise. Yes. Right. Like, and and it's it's a normal Earth person is his is his disguise secret identity. Yes. Where most of the time with most superheroes, their secret identity is the superhero, whereas that's Superman's real thing. So, I do really dig that. I think that's a cool point to make. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I, like you, I don't know if it's relevant to her per se. Well, I think that he's basically saying that you know he's he's drawing the parallel that. Um, Superman is Superman with all of his powers and yes. the disguise is Clark Kent and he's like Arlene Arlene was your disguise you are a killer you are the powered one yes for um, sure yeah. and you wouldn't have been able to pull it off he's like every morning Superman wakes up and he is Superman until he puts on his Clark Kent disguise then he's Clark Kent she's like you would have waken up, woken up every day as Beatrix Kiddo and put on your Arlene disguise. So for sure. Anyway, it's a good it's a good it's a little bit long and drawn out, but it's a really good analogy for her particular scenario saying that yes. her life in El Paso was fake. It wasn't really who she was. Like it basically that is not who you really are. But then we actually learned that she changed not because of Tommy, but she changed because she was pregnant, which is yes. an amazing scene, dude. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, she wasn't becoming Arlene because of the relationship she was in. She was doing it for a kid and and wanted to get out of all this bullshit to get her, Bibi, away from all this bullshit. We, we've talked before, and I've always made it very, very clear that I find the way that they have been writing female leads uh, just to be really uh, one-dimensional, flat, they don't have flaws. They don't have good character arcs. Um, and well-written characters are just well-written characters. It doesn't matter if they're men or women. Uh, however, if you have a female character or a female protagonist, you have you have options to you that you can't do with a man. And in this particular yes. case, this particular case, she 
finds out she's pregnant just as a female assassin is coming to kill her. And they have yes. an awesome exchange that you could never fucking have with two guys. Like you just yeah. you just can't have it. So instead of instead of basically trying to take these female characters and making them a hyper masculine and b having no flaws, they just yeah. make these ridiculously waste of time characters you can't relate with. And even though I'm not a woman, I can appreciate the fact that she realizes she's going to be a mother. She has this big exchange with Karen Kim where she's like, I'm pregnant. She's like, bullshit. And they go through this yeah. whole conversation, dude. What did you think of that? I fucking love it. I thought it. it was tremendous. It was tremendous because Karen Kim comes in and she is obviously a very, very competent assassin. With a shotgun. With a goddamn <laughs> shotgun. And the, the dialogue is great where she's like, you think you can hit me? Or you think, how good are you with that shotgun? She's like, not that I have to be at this range, motherfucker, <laughs> but I'm really be. goddamn good. <laughs> I'm really like, good. Yeah. I'm fucking great. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, but she's like, look, if you go over there by that fucking door, there's a pregnancy test. And Karen Kim backs up and picks it up and she's like, I don't know how to read this shit. Like, yeah. like anybody who's never taken one before, you don't know what the exactly. fuck the lines mean or anything. Yeah. Like, but even the little things, like before Karen Kim comes in and, and Beatrix is there in the room, and she's she takes the test and she's looking at it and she's looking at her stomach and holding her boobs up and like doing that like am I is this a real thing like what's going on here yeah. like and it's a really good little moment that again you're not going to have that moment with a dude. It's a real no. specific kind of a moment in a film, and when she realizes, holy shit, I'm pregnant. It's mm -hmm. not like, yay, it's fuck. Oh, like her life is changing because she's like, I, I'm i not living my life for myself now. All of a sudden, like that shit changes in her fucking instantly that she's a mom. Yeah. She can't be a fucking traveling hitman. She's got to get off the fucking grid. Like she's got to go. Bill's not going to accept this at all. And no. when when she goes to the door and she's talking to Karen Kim through the peephole and she drops the pregnancy test and when she bends down to pick it up and there is a fucking shotgun blast that goes through the goddamn door where the peephole was, Dude, um, that was holy fucking fuck. dope. Okay, that was dope as shit. When the door kicks open and Beatrix runs back and the that quick sequence where Beatrix A yeah. throws the knife at Karen Kim Kim swings the shotgun up and blocks the knife with the butt of the shotgun with the stock i know man fuck then swings Ew. it back but as she's swinging it back Beatrix does a wheel kick and closes the fucking <laughs> yeah. door behind her so she's not silhouetted yes. Yes. then dives behind the bed and grabs the gun like dude that's some of the best action shit ever but like legitimately i think that good writers understand that characters need to go on a journey. And when we we talked a little bit about Terminator 2, like Sarah Connor, everybody talks about Sarah Connor, like, she's such a badass. She's such a badass. She's so tough in Terminator 2. And it's like, yeah, but she's a fucking train wreck. Like, like yeah, it counterbalances. Yeah, she's mentally destroyed. She's mentally fucked. She's a horrible mother. She's in an insane asylum. She actually yep. gets to the point where the one thing that she hates more than anything is the fact that the Terminators were going to kill her before she gave birth to John Connor. And now she is going out to kill Miles Dyson before he can invent Skynet. She has become, like, she has become, like... The Terminator. Like, she's lost all humanity. Yes, she is a Terminator. She has Dude. no humanity. And 
and just to drop off this movie that. for a second and get to that scene, that scene where she goes in to kill Miles Dyson, yes. and his kid comes out, yes, and she sees the family unit there, and she needs to kill him, but she can't. Like yes. Linda Hamilton in that scene is astonishingly good because she's crying and she's like, "Get the saying to Danny, get the fuck out of the way!" Like, like yeah. she's like, "Get the fuck out of here, all of you!" And she can't do it. Like, and she there's a shred it. of it, and the fact yeah. that when they talk about John Connor being the leader of humanity, the fact that you think he's going to be tough, but he's a 10 year old kid and he comes in, he's like, mom, you can't do this. And he's talking to the Terminator saying, no, you can't do this. Like he's basically teaching humanity and altruism uh, to the Terminator and his mother. And you can see how this guy's going to be a leader someday, but he's a little kid. And like you said, she is fucked and her acting is amazing. So it's just great to see well-written characters like we have here. And these two women in this scene, when Uma, or Beatrix, I guess, tells Karen to back up and check the pregnancy test and says, I'm pregnant, Karen Kim in that instance realizes, okay, I can't kill this bitch. Yes. Um, all right, um, what do I do? Um, and that weird, awkward moment of, like, she backs out of the door and closes yes. it, and you see her through the fucking bullet hole that she shot through the door, yes. trying to kill Beatrix, and yes. says through the door, "Good luck with the baby," and then leaves. No, yeah, I think she <laughs> says, "Congratulations, congratulations, right. congratulations, congratulations on the baby." Yeah, and congratulations, then she <laughs> and then she leaves. I mean, like that. I mean, that is so good. Like, a, you've got the action. B, you can still make them as badass as you want to make them, right? You don't have to scale yes. that back at all. But see, you can add a dimension to these killers that we haven't seen in films or you don't see often in films. And no, nowadays, yeah, they're, just, they're just taking these female characters, making them super masculine, and then taking away all of the parts that make them human. And that's, yeah. where, they're, that's where they're missing it. Yeah, it really is, man. This, this is exceptionally... Uh, well portrayed for women. Do you know all of the people that get killed in both of these movies, with the one exception of the animated sequence um, of of Oreni Shii's backstory, but all the live action people that get killed are all killed by women in both movies. Men don't kill anybody in either of these two movies in live action. Nobody? And that concludes part four of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for the exciting conclusion, part five. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part five, and we will be back in your ears very soon.